My name is Kaylee Golden, and this is the Radio Silence podcast. On this podcast, I'll be sharing the stories of minority groups within the UK radio industry and asking ourselves, how can we do better? Throughout season two, we'll be focusing on the experiences of women in the industry. Over the past couple of months, we've been working with women in control. We've been conducting original research that looks into the experiences of women in the UK radio industry. So I'll be sharing more about the study as the season goes on, but you can check out the whole report on our website, radiosilenceproductions.com. The link is also in the description too. My statistic for you this week is that 84% of women said that they think it's harder for them to progress their career compared to men. Now, this is just so shocking. And we had women talk about promotions, whether their voices are heard. So I sat down with Frankie Wells to talk about this further. Now, she is the founder of Foundation FM, a female-led online radio station based in London. Now, we spoke about the barriers that have come in the way of her career progression and how refreshing it is for her to be her own boss and work in a female-dominated environment. I am the co-founder of Foundation FM. It's a female-led station, which means, you know, our doors are open to everyone, but we have a priority system and that the business is run by women, two of us to be specific, and that we are prioritising women, non-binary people, trans women, people from the LGBTQ plus community, and kind of just turning radio like how it normally is, like the other way around. So of course, everyone's welcome, but we just have really strict guidelines that everyone has to adhere to. And we say that it's a safe space because it is. It's all about championing and getting people's foot on the ladder when they might not always be given the opportunity and they might be overlooked sometimes, which is something I think we've all experienced here on this podcast. And that's why it's important to have these conversations. My background is in national commercial radio. I started in Global, which was an amazing time. I loved working there and I went to Radio One. And again, I was at One Extra and that was incredible. But I feel like working community and starting my own radio station really gave me a freedom to just say yes to everything that I want to do. Like, there's no red tape. I'm like, cool, let's do it. So yeah, that's me. I love that. Now, since Foundation FM is a female-led station, I want to know whether you got any criticism when you first launched because of that. Do you know what? I really thought I was going to. And like we were really nervous. We were like, God, we're going to get backlash, especially because I was coming out of a community radio station that had some bad press, shall we say. So I thought I was going to get some hate. But no, like everyone's been super supportive. Of course, there's the people that kind of overlook us or kind of don't give us our credit where credit's due. But I think that we're still so young and we're still, you know, foundation's two years old. So I'm still like, do you know what? Just watch out. It's all going to be good. But we didn't have any backlash. Like we've had very supportive people. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't for Sam from Rock Management, don't think Foundation would exist. He's been a massive player in this coming together. So yeah, we haven't had no, no negativity, which has been nice. But I think also people would know not to slag it off. I feel like that's an interesting point and it is something that I've noticed in radio especially where people are never against you to your face. They'll be sexist or homophobic or even racist but they do it in a less direct way. I totally agree with what you mean. I think in my 
experiences. It's almost so day to day that you're the problem bringing it up. So like when I've worked in radio in the past and I worked in, you know, genres like electronic, techno, dance, grime, it was very male heavy. Sometimes I would have been like the only woman in the room. And like, let's say like I knew something about the decks and I was setting up decks. Or let's say like I knew a, a lyric in a song and I would like sing along. People would be like, how do you know that? If someone knew something, they'd be like, oh, sick, bro, fist pump. But if it's me, it's like, well, what do you know about that? How many songs do you actually know? It was just like always questioned. And if I say, do you know what? Like that actually makes me feel uncomfortable. Actually, I think you're being a bit sexist or unfair there. But oh, here she goes. I'm the problem. I've come to the conclusion, a lot of the men in my life are white, cis, het men. They're just used to being comfortable. So like as a woman, there's times where you feel so uncomfortable. As someone of a different race, there's times where you feel so uncomfortable. As someone who identifies like your gender or sexuality different, you're uncomfortable in spaces. So like when you make a white cis man feel uncomfortable, they cannot hack it. So it's you, like you are the problem. Like, cause they're so used to being comfortable. So it's so out of the blue. It's so just wrong to them that they can't be uncomfortable. And I think that's one thing that we, have to keep challenging on and unfortunately we're gonna have to be the problem sometimes like the amount of times I've been called difficult or aggressive and I'm like no I'm just telling you like that that's not okay for anyone that's listening that might be the typical idea of someone working in radio you know white male cisgendered you know the drill and they've got people coming up to them saying okay what you're doing isn't okay or you're not even doing enough how should they respond do you know what like I think that during the like Black Lives Matter movement we had this summer which was incredible there have been times where I've been so scared to be called out like the fear of being cancelled the fear of being called out that I wouldn't speak up on something because I'm like well what if I get a put a foot wrong we have to be comfortable with making mistakes and being told do you know what you made a mistake and saying okay, I'm really sorry and not being like I'm sorry but I'm sorry this I'm sorry that well I'm just trying I think just listen and own your mistakes. Like, no one is going to get it right. And we have the society of being like, I, I, I couldn't possibly be sexist. I couldn't possibly be racist. But they're systemic. And there's little things that people do every day that build and build and build to that. And you might make people feel uncomfortable in your actions. But the best thing you can do is just listen to that person and say, I'm sorry. Thank you for flagging this to my attention. I will be better. And then actually go and do the homework. There's so many sources out there. This is the homework. Listen to this now. I don't know, like, for me, it's not that hard. But for other people, it must be. But, like, I think there's this big thing of of being scared of making mistakes or being called out or being cancelled, whereas I'm just like... I said this the other day on a panel. I've never seen anyone's life be ruined or cancelled on social media, really. Not forever. People will be fine. Brands will work with you again. So I think we need to get over this fear of being cancelled, actually speak up on behalf of other people, actually give up our privilege every once in a while um, and give it to someone else and, and champion other voices and say, when you've made a mistake, just say sorry, thank you, I'll be better. I made it sound really simple, but... But it really is simple, though. That's the thing. Now, earlier, you spoke about people underestimating you when it comes to your skills in tech. Do you think this is a common thing that women in radio face? My big, real big bane 
is tech, okay? Because I have been told to be scared of it. Like, I've been told I cannot do that. I've been told to be worried about it to a point where, like, I've had such anxiety and stress about it. I've had to turn down jobs because I'm like, oh, no, tech. But you know what? Like, now I run my own radio station. Guess what? I set up a studio on my own. Every time we do an outside broadcast, guess who has to set it up? me so before I set up foundation like if you asked me if I was a tech person I'd be like no and guarantee you if you asked me to name you a wire or a plug or something like that could I do it no but I know what I'm doing and I think there's this underestimation that go oh women aren't technical because we see it over and over again like anytime I worked in radio the engineers were all men you know In recording studios, all the engineers, mostly men. So it's just the fact that we don't have the representation. So there's this image perpetuated that women don't deal with technology. And so when I finally was like finding myself in roles where I had to learn about decks, I was so babied, one. And then like not not only that, it's like when I felt confident in myself being able to do it, like bearing in mind, like I worked in radio studios by myself from like probably about 6pm to like 2am at points, like me and one other woman, like having to manage like three or four radio studios. So I had to know about tech and like people just touching stuff because they'd be like, no, you've done it wrong. And I'd be like, these are my decks. I know it's not wrong. I know you might have your system at home. I know you have that. And trust me, if I went to your system at home, I'd be worried about touching it or doing something wrong. I get that. But this is not your system. This is mine. And I had a lot of back and forths of people about just letting me do my job. It's really annoying, but I think that's representation. I think we're at a really good place. We're having workshops about DJing and like producing, but I think engineering, that's where we need to see it as well. Like I really want to see people step up in that and know that there's a space for them there. In the past, you worked at male-dominated stations, and that's across commercial, public service and community. What is the difference between that and working at a female-led station in terms of your own skill set actually being believed? I'm going to be honest with you. I think I'm working in the future because I go on, like, panels and stuff, and people talk about their experiences, and I'm like, I don't deal with that. I don't have this. I don't get spoken over. I don't get questioned. There's none of this little digs. There's none of this feeling like... (sighs) I have imposter syndrome, I think, like everyone else. But instead of being like, oh, are you sure? I am encouraged the hell out of. People are like, no, you go. You can. Like, it's like... The nicest, warmest place, like Sinead, who has now gone on to Kiss, but started at Foundation, is an amazing radio producer. She summed it up to me. She was like, wow, Foundation really is the place where you can, like, come, cry, read your star sign and be like, right, now we move. Let's party. (laughs) Let's make some great radio. And, like, I love it. I love how open and free it is and that everyone who comes through says they feel comfortable. I'm not saying we're perfect. Like, we definitely have space to grow, but I just feel like so comfortable there and I think other people feel it and you know it's an environment it's not an accident I made sure people feel that way like as soon as someone comes in to the station I stand up and I say hi I'm Frankie can I hug you and I give them a hug and I'm like this is it welcome to Foundation FM like I'm not shy at asking people what their dreams and goals are and I say and actually tell me your dreams and goals so I can help you get there because I think there's this stigma around being like oh I would want to be that because you know normally it's like (laughs) you want to do that like you want to be powerful you want to be rich 
When I tell people I want to be rich, they're always like, Frankie, you can't say you want to be rich. And I'm like, I want money. I want to be successful. I want to look after myself. I want to have a house husband. I want to be like, here, darling, buy yourself something nice. So I want from life. And I don't feel ashamed about saying it. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. I love that you are so self-confident. It is amazing. But in the past, does a moment stick out that you think, okay, yeah, I was really underestimated then? Do you know what? Like, let's just put my whole life. I think until about I started Foundation, I was just underestimated. Like, I was called stupid all of the time. Like, my teachers were always like, Frankie's funny, but she's not smart. Just because I'm not an academic person. I'm a creative. Like, I studied drama. Like, I'm not good at maths and numbers. They scare me. That's fine. That doesn't mean I'm stupid. And I think a lot of the time growing up, I was told, like, I wouldn't be able to achieve. I remember a teacher telling me that I was probably going to have a kid and be married at 15. I think I was, like, 10 when I got told that. And I was like, 15's a grown up, probably. Um... <laughs> And so many times I've just been underestimated. And I honestly thank God that happened to me because it doesn't work for everyone, but me being underestimated made me go, you'll see. I remember one time someone was like really talking down to me once at a station. They were like having this huge go at me because what, like a Snapchat was sent out wrong. It was supposed to be in all lower cases and it wasn't. And I literally got like such a bollocking and they were being really rude to me. And I just thought, I'm going to take your job. I'm going to take your job one day. Like, I'm going to think bigger than Snapchats, because what are Snapchats now? I'm going to think bigger than all this stuff, and I'm going to take your job one day. I don't, I don't have that person's job, and they're doing really well. But I was being really petty. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's hard to summarise in just one moment, to be honest. Like I said at the beginning, it's all these micro things that add up to you feeling like, do you know what, maybe I'm not good enough, and that lead to imposter syndrome and make you feel like, what the fuck am I doing? But guess what? Everyone thinks that. My biggest thing I always say to people is like, do you think when I started foundation, I knew what I was doing? I didn't. We just go for it. We fake it till we make it and we work it out. And also, like, I'm not ashamed to ask for help and I'm not ashamed to make mistakes. I've made some really huge mistakes and I've grown from them. I think nothing's perfect, so. Do you think that those experiences did affect your self-esteem and how you felt about your work? Yeah. Do you know what, like, I think... Until about January, my self-esteem was at a new low. Lockdown for me and having this, I want to say pressure because it's not pressure, but like I do have an expectation on me now. I have a lot of people relying on me and I'm hard on myself. I want to be this person for everyone. I want to be this creator. I want to break boundaries and I want to be doing things that haven't been done before. And I found it really hard last year to stay motivated and feel like I was good at anything because everything that I had done to that point was suddenly just pulled away from me. Like I had to all of a sudden be at home, not be around people that I consider family because to me, foundation's like a second family. And all of a sudden not have nothing to say for myself and all these people being like, well, Frankie, what are we going to do? And me being like, I don't know. And on top of that, I feel like sometimes, especially in community radio, and I have no idea why, people seem to think we're pitted against each other. And so I was being asked those questions. Well, that other station's doing that. Well, that other station's doing really well. Well, this other station just started and they're doing incredible. And I was thinking, wow, I'm actually shit. <laughs> like, look at all these other stations. Look at all these other people flourishing. I can't even get out of bed today. I think it's very up and down. Like, I've had times in my life in radio where I'm like, wow, I'm the shit. Like, I'm so good. 
I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm wanting. I'm reading the right people. And then even though I've seemed to be at this place where I've started my own radio station, my confidence took a real dive. And I think that's because if you told me five years ago I'm where I am now, I'd be like, what? I do that? That's incredible. Because I'm here now, I'm looking at the next five years. I want to be those five years. So it's hard. I really struggle with living in the moment. I think that is a thing that a lot of women tend to do. I'm not present. I live in the past and go, oh God, I wish I'd changed that. And I live in the future being like, I want to be this, I want to do that. I find it hard to be still. And to the point that last year, I really had to focus on actually being selfish. And I think there's so much stigma around saying, you know what, I just need to be selfish and do me for a time. It's also not accessible for people without money. Like, I think you'll know as well, radio You don't make a lot of money. And so until this year, where very kindly someone who is life coaching me said they'd give me a discount, there's no way I'd be able to afford that. I don't feel like I need therapy and I don't think I'd be able to afford that. There's waiting lists and waiting lists and waiting lists. So the only option for me was to pay for a service, which is life coaching, which has massively changed my life around and changed the way I think. But that's only been accessible to me because someone gave me a discount. And so it's actually a really nasty circle of like just trying to look after yourself, but also try and be successful and not look at what everyone else is doing and just try and focus on yourself. I try really hard just to focus on what I'm doing and what I'm creating. And I feel quite lucky because I'm not a competitive person. I think if I was competitive, like I would have burnt out a long time ago because I think with the internet for me the opportunities are endless and I want to see loads of people take loads of opportunities but I think for some people they're scared of that they're like no but this is my thing and I need this and if you have that devalues me for me but I feel like we all have value I'm not comparing myself to what no signal do or represent does or what rinse does because I'm a completely different station a completely different person with completely different aims and goals and everything and I think that's important. I spent, maybe when I was like 23, I spent so long trying to be like this other DJ. And guess what? It weren't working for me because she was her and she was doing it better than me. So there's no point trying to be something or do anything that isn't natural to you. So yeah, I try and always come back to that and find confidence and you know what, like you are doing good things. But sometimes... She has her days. I'm a proper Pisces as well, so I always need like a good cathartic cry. I think people sometimes can look at me and think, oh, well, she knows what she's doing. She's got it sorted. And I don't mean that in a way of me being like, oh, I'm so successful. I'm like, oh, I've got my own station, like blah, blah, blah. Like the reason the foundation was born is because it felt like I had no other options left. There was no other space for me. And I'm so grateful for people like gave me the opportunity to do it. It's really hard. To be honest, like I really just wanted to go out on my own. Like I wanted that. But sometimes you could look at me and be like, oh, she knows what she's doing. She must be really confident. She must that. And I find a lot of people, especially younger than me, look to me for answers or advice as a bit of, I don't know, I don't want to say role model because I find that cheesy, but people will sometimes look up to me and I'm like, I don't deserve this, please don't look up to me, I have no clue. I want them to know that I know how it feels to be 21 trying to start on radio and it'd be awful and feel like you don't know where you're going, but it's a journey and it's a path and like we're all in it together. And even though I'm 29 now, I still have that. I still have those days where I'm like, God, what am I doing? But I'm just lucky that I have the people around me that I do, for sure. The things that you have done with Foundation FM over the past two years have been absolutely incredible. But I also want to talk to you about your podcast, The Pleasure Podcast, which is all about sex and relationships. Did the perception of you changed after you released that? 
I actually don't know. And I don't think it really mattered to me or bothered me because, like I said, I was always kind of on the outskirts. Yeah, I was in those buildings, but I was never in the core. I don't know what it is about me, but I've never really been seen as someone on the inside or someone that's cool or knows about the trends. Like, I've always just been seen as a bit skewiff, a bit like, oh, she likes that. I don't know about that. I've never really been in with the trends. And so even if people thought differently of me, I've never cared and also one thing I will say is people's opinions just in my day-to-day people's approach to me I think was different but I tell you what everyone wants to tell me their dirty secrets as soon as I arrive it will be like a friend of a friend of a friend I can see them like that's the girl that talks about sex on that podcast I must lock her in a toilet at some point and ask her a very emotional question. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really mind if people think of me differently. Again, like, I want to be part of this future where we're a huge community and we're open. And to be honest with you, everything I say on Project Pleasure, I'm not embarrassed and I'm not ashamed. And I want to talk about this stuff and I want to talk about it with people. So I think some people get embarrassed, but I would talk about sex and relationships and all day long. And I don't even mean like the kinky stuff. I mean like the proper nerdy stuff about what like what a cervix looks like. Because I have one and I didn't know. I'll be honest with you. My version of being shy is getting louder. Like I have to fill the room and I have to fill the space. So I've constantly been told growing up, even though I was just like any other teenager, probably from the age of 15, have been labelled a slut. I went to an all-girls school. I didn't know any boys, but I was the slut. That's one of the reasons I fell into Project Pleasure because I had this huge pressure for boys to like me. I haven't ever lived with a man didn't grow up with my dad I went to an all-girls school so I didn't have any men around me so when they were around me and I was loud because I was trying to feel the space and my nerves she's a slut so like I think I've just always had this harnish brush of me of she's only good for one thing kind of thing and one of the reasons I went to Project Pleasure is because I've ignored my sexuality and ignored my pleasure because I felt the need to live up to this expectation of being really great in bed and like this wild animal and she's gonna blow your mind forget about what she wants forget about what she needs she's a slut and so I think no one's opinion of me changed because they already had that opinion of me and I know that some bosses basically in a roundabout way have called me a slut One of my first bosses in radio, I thought he really liked me. But now looking back, he didn't like me. He just wanted to have sex with me. (laughs) And he just went out of his way to make sure that I felt shit about myself all the time. Like, he told me that I had a really annoying voice. He told me that I shouldn't be on radio. He told me that I'd have to reapply for shows. He tried to kick me off air and be the hero. And he'd be like, I've got you back on. It was a mad thing. I actually think that the reason I went into Project Pleasure is so I could be like, hey, I'm... (laughs) I was about to say, hey, I'm not a slut. I am so much of a slut. That's how I identify. She, they, them, I'm slut. (laughs) And I love that about me. Slut means what I want it to mean. And people get really confused about that. And that's okay. We'll get there. But I went to Project Pleasure to understand what that meant to me and how I could take back what these men were taking from me. That's a really good question and no one has ever asked me that and I've never actually thought about that before. I I also hate to say it, but I definitely think some people gave me opportunities because they thought that they could have sex with me. I just want to thank you for sharing your story with us. It's been absolutely heartbreaking, but it is something that I think a lot of women in the industry can relate to and understand. So seriously, thank you so much for talking to us and opening up. Now, just before you go, I think it would be really interesting to know where you think you would be in your career if all barriers that we talked about didn't exist at all for women. 
I think that's a really hard question to ask because I can't imagine. I can't imagine what life would be without Barry Swarbrick. Like, this is my reality and it's always been my reality. What will the world look like when we're equal? I have no clue. I don't know. I don't know. I think... <sighs> foundation for me, looking back at my career now, this was always going to happen. Just because I know the type of person I am. If someone tells me no, and which I was getting a lot of, I will just go and do it anyway. I think life's too short, life's too precious. I don't care about making things perfect. You'll probably see the amount of times I've spelled foundation wrong on my own assets. Like, <laughs> I just don't care enough not to do something. I'm just like, I want to do it. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be other people. I want to bring other people along. I'm just going to go do it. So I think this was always going to exist. But think of like where I'd be. I honestly think just more people would be open about foundation. I think so many people have been great to me about foundation, but I see it in my circles where I don't really know any guy that listens to foundation in my own circle. If they do, they want a badge. They're like, oh, I listened to one of your sh It was really good. Oh, God, it was so good. Like, I'm surprised. Like, it was really good. Or like one guy, he's like, I still credit you for showing me that DJ on foundation. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you. Like, ugh, women. Oh, I've actually had this so many times where people are like, and you just do foundation. All of you are like making, re oh, incredible. Trailblazers. Like you, honestly, guys, you're doing amazing. And I know that they mean it with the best intentions, but I'm like, what, how, why don't you think we can just be in this room and actually make incredible radio? What about that that's crazy to you? So I think people that aren't women would just ride for it harder. That's all I think. Thank you again to Frankie Wells for joining us on the podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to subscribe to Radio Silence wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Silence Pod. So feel free to get in touch and let us know what you think. You can also check out our newest research on our website at radiosilenceproductions.com. Radio Silence is presented by myself, Kaylee Golden, produced by Palama Kaufman and edited by Ellen McElode and Billy Hambidge and engineered by Eric Breer. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back in two weeks time with more important stories to share.